episode 53, and it's Justin Glodish with episode 53 of the Aka Education Podcast. It is the first episode of 2022. And it's also the first episode in quite some time, let's be honest. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about what 2021 was like. We're going to talk about goals for 2022. And hopefully some of you will get at, get at me and uh, give me your goals for 2022 as well. And just really talk, just Oh, it's just, it's been a while and I'm excited to talk to you all. That's all I got to say. So why has it been a while? Well, um, this school year got busy, um, compared to last year. Last year was, you know, very hectic. And I think a lot of us agree with that. The 2020, 2021 school year, um, you know, a lot of us had remote learning. A lot of us had hybrid learning. Some of us had in-person learning towards the end of the year. Me personally, um, it was, it was everything. It was a little bit of everything. And with that came a little bit more free time. Um, because certain things that I do within my district, like assisting the high school musical, you know, assistant directing that and, um, some of the other things that would take up my time in the afternoons and evenings. Um, I no longer had to do those things, uh, because we weren't allowed to because of CDC guidelines last year. So that's why I was able to get so many episodes out, um, week after week and finding people and getting be able to, the opportunity to talk to them and just really, um, learn myself and hopefully, um, you know, get you all to learn some things as well. Well, 2021, uh, 2022 school year, this year has been a little bit different. Uh, we've been in school every, every day, no remote learning as of yet. Um, although I don't think it's going to happen, but also, you know, all of those things that I didn't do in the previous school year now came back. So there was a fall production that I ha uh, had taken care of. Um, my children, um, they take dance classes and that takes up a part of, you know, there's a lot of different things that um, have taken up the, the time that I would normally have in the evenings and I got overwhelmed and I think that's okay. Um, you know, mental health matters. We've preached that, you know, we preach that in our districts. Um, I see it all the time with my friends and family online. You know, we need to take care of ourselves and that was something that I needed to do and um, I'm hoping, you know, that 2022, the start of it, we're getting back into the swing of things and um, I'm prepared. You know, I have a plan and we're going to stick to the plan and it's going to be great. So that's where I've been. I'm excited for some of the new um, guests that I'm going to be interviewing over the next few episodes. I'm hoping that you're excited as well. And, you know, for those of you that listen or avid listeners and would love to be a guest on the show, or if you know somebody who would love to be a guest on the show, just email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll get a hold of them and we'll set something up. So let's talk about this past year, 2021, man. Whew, it was awesome. You know, I could tell you right now, just because the cool thing about uh, Anchor, which is where I post my podcast, is they give you some nice little stats to go along with what's going on. And I was happy to see that. You know, for something that has just really been a pleasure project of mine um, and passion project, it's, you know, 
this podcast has been listened to in over 40 countries. And to me, that's fascinating because I've never been to 40 countries. I've never been to 40 states. I've never been to 40 cities within the state of New York. Let's put it that way. So 40 countries uh, listening to this podcast really made me happy uh, to see. And, you know, there were 31 total episodes that were released last year and they all had something different. And I think something for everyone on, and just, you know, what was mind blowing to me was the talent and just the years of experience and expertise that I had the honor of interviewing this past year was phenomenal. You know, just, just to give you a kind of, you know, Claude McKnight of take six, you know, John Smith of the swingles, uh, Deke Sharon, you know, we had Anders and Katarina from the real group and, you know, Sean Altman, one of the founders of Rockapella, just some of those major names in acapella, contemporary acapella history and, and even vocal jazz had the opportunity to speak with those people, you know, people I listened to when I was younger, people I looked up to and have the opportunity to speak with them. That was just so much fun. And if you get a chance to go back and listen to those episodes, please do. They are, they're, they're just chock full of years of knowledge and it was I was a sponge soaking it all in. It was great. We also had some, you know, some great people on here talking about, you know, um, CRT teaching and neurodivergence and just things for people in the classroom that, um, you know, things that need to be talked about within the classroom and things that we should be looking at a little bit more in the classroom this year, which I thought was huge. You know, again, this is the Aka Education Podcast. There's that education part of it. And, you know, talking to people like Darlene Machacon and, uh, you know, Elise Hackle, just those, those individuals themselves are just phenomenal people at what they do. And to pick their brains was, was helpful as well. So check out those episodes if you can. And I have to give a shout out to Tahila Alfonso. Now Tahila was a part of the, um, the theme team, if you will, from 2020, they, uh, she helped produce and, and, and track and create the theme song that you hear. Uh, Maida Cohen, you know, like I said, arranged it and a, a group of people that she was with, they all, you know, they contributed, but Tahila was, um, great uh, in mixing it and putting it all together. But Tahila was just nominated for a Grammy and th- that is huge. So Tahila, if you're listening, congratulations and I'm really rooting for you. And if I had the opportunity to vote, if I was a part of the the voting panel, you know I'd be checking your name off. Now, going back and listening to last January's year in review um, for 2020, uh, one of the goals I had set for myself for this year, this past year, was to do an arrangement a week, whether it was a full-length arrangement or just something like a small snippet or whatever. And uh, I was only able to get 26 done. But to, to me, that's still a huge accomplishment. That's, you know, one every two weeks. And uh, I was very proud of that. And I think I'm going to focus on 26 again this year. But um, at least 10 of them need to be full songs. That's the goal for this year. Um, it's not the ambitious 52. But, I mean, telling myself that at least 10 of them are going to be full arrangements, um, I think, you know, that isn't a solid bar to set for myself. And I'm hoping that, you know, for those of you that arrange out there, for those of you that are getting into arranging, um, I have some, some at least tips that I've done, um, to really kind of get myself situated, um, you know, getting better at arranging. And I'm going to give those in a little bit. 
now some of the other personal goals that I have are, are just not for me personally, but for, you know, my job and, and what I do. And, you know, with, uh, the current rise in, you know, COVID cases, we're looking at, you know, the rise in Omicron and the winter surge and all of these different things are happening as we hit these winter months. Um, but in my mind, just the way that I'm viewing it, it's like, we're in a good spot. You know, if anything, I've learned that, and I think a lot of our listeners will agree is that this year in terms of, you know, teaching ensembles, um, you know, depending on what last year looked like, this year has been more of a, let's uh, take a step back and, you know, go back to basics. It was a back to basics kind of first half of the year. Um, you know, for, for my students, it was, you know, Hey, this is, uh, this is how we stand at a concert. Um, this is concert etiquette. This is, um, how the lessons are, uh, structured, you know, from warmups to sight reading every day and, um, you know, things like that. And just really giving them a sense of welcome back because a lot of these students, I can tell you just from, you know, being in the middle school setting, with some students who were 100% remote last year um, as sixth graders, you know, the first year they're in the middle school, um, they came back five days a week as seventh graders, and it was the first time they ever set foot in the middle school. And they were technically in their second year of middle school. So it was a lot of reteaching, not just music-related things, but just, um, hey, here, here's the bathroom, and, you know, here's where your next class is, and just things like that, because a lot of these, uh, a lot of the students this year haven't experienced that. So um, what I will say from the first half of the year, at least on, on my end, is that uh, the site reading every day was huge. Now for, you know, for those of you that listen that are in New York State, um, in terms of site reading, um, all I've done, and I had, a, I had an excellent student teacher this year, his name was Evan Sacco from uh, Ithaca College, um, he really helped out each day. We had a new sight reading example for our choral sections. They would come in, you know, we would do warm ups, we'd show them the sight reading on the board. And the sight reading for these sixth grade chorus students is the equivalent of what a level one um, solo sight reading would be for a vocal solo sight reading level one in the Nismo level. Um, for those of you that aren't in New York State and you have, like, you know, the way that you handle your sight reading, awesome. Um, Basically, what this level one is, is they go, uh, the sight reading patterns start on do, end on do, eight measures. Um, the highest note they go up to is sol, and everything is stepwise. And focusing strictly on, you know, just getting those patterns into your head, those stepwise patterns. Um, the group was so strong by December that once we start up again, um, we're looking at, you know, kind of hitting level two where we start adding the... Um, adding la into the mix and the do mi sol um, jumps, um, interval jumps. And um, I really think that they're going to be able to handle it just by having that daily, you know, daily sight reading given to them. And it actually has helped with their learning um, of their sheet music, which I mean, duh, right? But, um, you know, getting to see it firsthand, especially for not having a true ensemble experience for about a year and a half, two years, um, just to see these students grow and become stronger um, musicians and stronger learners has been a big deal. 
you know, concert season just finished up and the concert season was very different this year. I'm not sure. Again, every district is different, um, but at least for us, um, what it came down to was, you know, our students could be masked singing three feet apart. Um, however, the amount of students in our choirs do not fit on the risers three feet apart in our auditoriums. Therefore, our concert was moved to the gymnasium of our high school and uh, we were able to space everybody out and we were able to have live music in a concert setting again and it was it wasn't the same as being in the auditorium but uh it was a very rewarding experience especially for a lot of these students um and educators you know who haven't had the concert experience in quite some time now another awesome exciting thing that happened this year was um the return of my middle school acapella group the viking voices of valley central middle school and they had the opportunity to uh, apply for the ICHSA and I'm proud to say that they are competing in the virtual round of the ICHSA this year um, and I'm really excited for them our our high school group from um, my high school group is also competing we're actually competing against them so it's going to be pretty cool um, to see some of my former students who are now in that high school group and my current students uh, compete against one another uh, in a virtual setting of course and um, see what happens. Now, truthfully, this episode is really for me to get my feet wet again, you know, talking for an extended period of time on the microphone, sharing my thoughts with you, um, the listener. But, you know, it's been a while and I can't wait. I got a few interviews lined up this week, a few interviews lined up next week um, to really start sharing with you every week, uh, not only wherever you stream this podcast, but also on Acaville Radio, um, Acaville.org. If you haven't checked that out, please do, because there's other great acapella podcasts there. Plus, it's it's acapella radio all the time. They have the app. They have uh, streaming on the internet. Acaville.org. Check them out. I'll leave the link in my uh, description um, for this episode so you can check that out, too. So <clears throat> over the past year, you know, like I said, one of the challenges that I had set up for myself was the arrangement of week challenge. And um, in my head, it was, all right, I can arrange, you know, these short arrangements of maybe just a chorus or the verse in a chorus of a song, um, just to kind of keep myself singing and, and building my brain and my arranging skills. And that's what it started out as. And as song ideas became increasingly difficult, um, also, you know, realizing that a lot of the songs that are popular um, that I really enjoy um, aren't built for a berry bass, a baritone bass uh, like myself, um, but mostly for, you know, your your high tenors and your upper tenors. So um, a lot of the arrangements were not in my wheelhouse and had to try and figure new things out and, and try and arrange them in specific ways. Um, also, I tried to, you know, challenge myself into arranging not in like not in the original keys that these songs are in, but also, you know, in keys that might fit my students um, or others who have asked me for arrangements um, or advice on arrangements. Now, um, what I'm going to talk about today is my approach. And, you know, there are some people who listen out there that have different approaches and that's totally fine. I'm just going through my idea of how, you know, I arrange um, and how I've grown to arrange over the past year. Um, if you don't like what I have to say, that's totally fine. I totally get it. Um, but there are some great episodes of the podcast, um, some past episodes, including um, one of the first episodes that we did with uh, Jeff Bratz, Brian Sharp, and Catherine Bedore, um, Isaiah Carter is in here, Maida Cohen and her team. You know, there's a lot of different um, 
things on arranging in here. Actually, we just did one with Roger Emerson, you know, all you middle school teachers, elementary school teachers, even some of you high school teachers. I guarantee you, you know, Roger Emerson's name. I guarantee that you've probably done at least one of his pieces, either as a performer or as a conductor, no doubt. You know, just some of the, um, go back and listen to those episodes if you don't like what I'm about to go through. So my style of arranging is a little bit different. You know, when I was with my group, The Fault Line, which, uh, shameless plug thrown in here, uh, this year is the 15th anniversary of our participation on NBC's America's Got Talent all the way back in, you know, season two when Jerry Springer was the host and when, you know, Sharon Osbourne, David Hasselhoff and Pierce Morgan were the judges and there was no golden buzzer or anything like that. Um, but 15 years since, uh, we were a part of that show and uh, I had have such fond memories about it and I'm really hoping that I can try and get the group back together this year to do a little something, something. So if they're listening, let's get together, guys. Let's figure this out. Anyway, back to the arranging style. When we were, you know, that group, we, most of us like lived together, you know, we lived in Ithaca and, um, it really came down to, you know, eating breakfast in the morning, you know, at the house and then spending the afternoon, just standing around the, uh, the dinner table uh, myself on, you know, vocal percussion and our bass mat would literally just kind of give a groove to a song that we we're thinking about doing. And then, you know, our lead singer would sing his solo, Adam would sing his solo. And then, you know, our two guys, Jeff and Josh would, you know, fill in the blanks. And that's really what we did. It, it we kind of drove away from the paper arrangements of that time, you know, and, uh, instead of writing out, especially the complex rhythms, instead of writing them all out, let's just, you know, find our groove and, build our arrangements from there. Now, I know that there's some great arrangers out there who um, take that approach, um, but then they have to notate it. And some just go straight up for notation instead first and then sing it afterwards. And it really is, it's a personal preference, obviously. So for me, um, for a majority of the arrangements that I did, it was really listening to the original and then coming up with the baseline first and then, you know, kind of filling in the chords and and singing the solo and just trying to find new new ways to make you know make it my own in a sense and um so i you know when it came down to that if it, you know got my midi keyboard here ready to go you know just playing along with songs off of you know my apple uh, playlists and whatnot I'm very into the emo stuff did a lot of uh all-time low this year amongst some other, um, emo pop punk artists, but, you know, find that baseline. I would even go to like guitar tab websites and, you know, chord websites and just say, all right, what's the chords here? You know, and now let's, let's kind of make it work with the things that we got going on. What are the different melodies that were like guitar riffs and things that we have to like try and figure out and, um, how can at least my voice handle it? Um, you know, in terms of where it fits. So, you know, that was the biggest thing, starting with the bass line, uh, listening to the recording over and over and over again to the point where I was sick of the song. And I was like, I don't know if I want to arrange it anymore, but I did anyway because I had a challenge for myself. So, you know, that bass line and then building the chords on top of it. Um, and then, you know, singing the solo, adding some harmonies and then, you know, layering and, or just giving, you know, very simple, you know, beatboxing, um, pattern for it, some vocal percussion patterns for it to kind of, you know, fill it out. Now, as the arrangements started going and going and growing and growing, 
um, I started focusing on less like oohs and ahs um, for certain songs and more, you know, contrapuntal melodies, um, contrapuntal backgrounds that would happen um, that really kind of filled things out a little bit more instead of, you know, just whole notes, you know, tied together for background oohs and ahs. So I tried to make them a little bit more rhythmically complex. And um, I, I found that as the arrangements um, if I was really set on it, like I could get one done in like two hours, you know, and just boom, 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 boom. Um, you know, some took a little bit longer, some took, you know, weeks, some took a few days, but it, it really just came down to this, this idea of trial and error. I'm like, Oh, I don't like that. Or, you know, and that's, that's important for me to kind of say is because for those of you that are just starting out with arranging, um, you'll find that, you know, you might like it when you put it down first and then a week later you're like, Oh, I don't like that. You know? And for those of you that are in high schools and colleges and your students and you're doing your own arranging, you know, I'm sure you've already heard before, but you know, in, in my opinion, you know, as you're arranging, what's on the paper is just supposed to be what's on the paper. You, you know, that's your map and you, it guides you into how you feel it needs to be approached, you know? And, um, there's some, Sometimes you add things that aren't on the paper or you pull things away or you change things up. It's, it's ever evolving. I can tell you straight up from just my college days um, with the Potsdam pointer counts, the traditional Irish blessing we would sing at the end. That has, uh, that has kind of changed a little bit um, since my time in the group. Um, but when I was in the group, it had changed somewhat from, you know, the previous uh iterations of the group as well, simply because, um, there was no written arrangement of it, like at least given to us, it was taught by rote by, you know, the people who were on our voice part in that given year. And it was like a giant game of telephone. If you really think about it, because, oh, this note was a little off there. It's like, oh, we threw the niner there, you know, and just things like that. Um, until, you know, a couple of years after I had left, uh, one of my good buddies decided it's time and, and wrote it out. And now there's, you know, the official arrangement, but there was that time where it would just kind of morph and evolve. Um, when I used to, you know, perform with, uh, the fall line, we had the same thing where, you know, the way it started was sweet. And then we would just kind of try new things, try new things, um, live, you know, in performances and, you know, whether it was extending, um, extending a, a solo, you know, we were a vocal rock band. So we had one of the guys, you know, you know, singing guitar solos with a, a microphone that was attached to, you know, a, um, guitar pedals. So, um, it was doing things like that and really just improvising and adding. We, we almost were like a, you know, the jam band, like a Dave Matthews band kind of thing, uh, live trying to evolve our music. And it really made performing a lot more fun because, you were, it wasn't the monotony of performing the same thing every single night. You could change it up a little bit, you know, and then going back to my, my college group, uh, when I was with the fault line, went back to go see them perform live. And they actually took, it was, it was wild. I thought it was great. And, and they took an arrangement that I had done previously. And then they, um, that I had for the group. And then they actually incorporated, they mashed it up, um, with another song, that I actually had a solo on when I was in the group. Um, the two songs were uh, The Freshman by The Verve Pipe and Wherever You Will Go by The Calling. So it was The Freshman and they took the verse or they took the chorus of um, The Callings, Wherever You Will Go. 
um, and kind of like interpolated it into the chorus towards the end. And it was, it was really cool and it was something new and it was something different. So when you're arranging for your group students, when you're arranging for arranging for your group's teachers, you know, keep in mind that, you know, what you put down, if you're really dead set on it, keep it, but never be afraid to evolve and never be afraid to let your group mates or your students take part in that evolution. You know, um, another guest we had on here before Adam Paltrowitz, you know, he does that with his groups uh, down on Long Island and, uh, you know, and he's got some great groups and some of the things that he's put together himself through his own, you know, through his own website, he has been derived from his students. And I think that's impressive. So, um, for those of you that are out there that are, you know, gearing up for the spring semester and, uh, looking to maybe arrange something, um, for your groups, you know, try, try those few things, you know, try what works for you, but you know, you can take some of those tips, start with the baseline, you know, build up from the bottom up, you know, build that foundation and grow uh, vocal percussion. Doesn't have to be anything. Doesn't have to be everything. Um, but really just do your best uh, to make sure it fits your group and not just what you think your group is in your head. Know your group as you arrange it. That's that can't be understated. You know, I think it needs to be overstated. Make sure you're arranging for your group. And another thing too is to make sure that you're checking on licensing for everything. You know, um, you can go back and listen to Roger Emerson's episode. He's got some great thoughts on copyright and and, and whatnot. And uh, one of the things that was brought up is this great website called Arrange Me. Um, literally, like arrangement but without the NT at the end, arrangeme.com. And they have, they have the, they hold the rights to gosh, thousands, thousands of songs. So if you're looking to, you know, arrange, you know, you can go through arrange me and you can actually post it for sale. And, you know, you can make a little bit of, um, extra cash on the side. Um, not much. I mean, depending on, you know, how strong your arrangements are, but you know, it's a nice little, um, opportunity to get your arrangements out there for others to check out. So arrange me.com, um, is where you can go find, you know, the rights of some of those things. Um, and like I said, you can go back and listen to the episode with Roger Emerson and he kind of gives you a better idea in terms of copyright and things like that. Now, before I head out, I want to pose a question to everybody who listened this week. And the question is, what are your goals for 2022? I want you to email me your responses. I'm going to share some next week um, in our next episode. So thank you for taking the past, you know, 25 minutes to listen to me rant and ramble about my last year and uh, what's in store for this year and some arranging ideas. Um, Thank you again for being supporters of this podcast. Again, listeners in over 40 countries is, is, is a big deal to me, um, you know, for something that I thought only maybe, you know, four people would listen to. It's, it's really an honor to have the amount of listeners that do listen to this podcast. So thank you so much. And I'm Justin Glodish, and I will see you next time. Bottom, 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 bottom